0: As a nonprofit organization, we are always looking for ways to support our mission through fundraising. This is one of the reasons we created the core leader community. Here's how it works. For anyone who becomes a subscribing donor on a monthly or yearly basis, they will receive access to our core leader library, which contains a hundred plus hours of additional leadership content. This includes all of our virtual conference libraries, including in-depth content about helping individuals overcome pornography or ways to minister to those who are questioning their faith. It's all easy to access through a slick smartphone app, which makes it great for a busy schedule and people on the go. To become a core leader, visit leadingsaints.org today and click the donate button. Or you can text the word lead to 474747. Again, click the donate button at leadingsaints.org or text the word lead to 474747. Also, if you're new to Leading Saints, you should know that Leading Saints is a nonprofit organization dedicated to helping Latter-day Saints be better prepared to lead. To see a full scope of the Leading Saints content, visit LeadingSaints.org. Today, I am uh, recording from the middle of the Pacific. okay, I guess I guess it's not the middle. I think we can see land a couple miles off, but. Uh, Just land. <laughs> I am on a, a, a cruise that uh, I had the opportunity of speaking at, and I'm meeting all sorts of leaders on this cruise. And Randy, Randy Lonsdale, you're one of them, right? I guess I am. Nice. And how did you uh, how did you make it on this cruise? We got an email. Yeah, uh, we got an email from your organization.
1: And, uh, we just thought, wow, this would be a really fun. And, uh when we received it, it was, it just seemed like the, the virus, the pandemic was, was about to abate and yeah. we we're going to be able to do this. And then, so we paid our money and the next day, all this news of the Omicron virus yeah. just exploded everywhere. And so yeah. we, it, it's been a true miracle just to get on this boat and to spend some time with some wonderful people. Right. I was just really excited to, uh to see every all the entertainers and and speakers just magnificent
0: really yeah it's been a a fun time and you can hear we're uh, literally on the deck by the pool you can hear some background music but uh you know that's right you can hear us okay so um and you're a stake president in calgary alberta right yes
1: yeah the uh, confederation park stake in calgary uh there are eight stakes in calgary including a ysa stake i've been a stake president for almost five years
0: wow and uh did, are you originally raised in
1: in that area or sure. yep raised in that area um during our married life we spent a couple of stints in korea and seoul and we also lived in saipan and northern marianas islands for three years what
0: took you to those places just work oh yeah and what do you do for work i'm an attorney i work for um a super major oil company wow Wow. Sounds pretty technical. You probably uh, put us to sleep pretty quick with some Yeah, You word. don't want to read all the contracts I have to read and sign. Nice. nice. And uh, was that something you always wanted to do? is going to law or when did that start?
1: Yeah. Law was where I wanted to go. I didn't know what part of the law I wanted to be in, but uh, I ended up just doing uh, mostly just commercial and commercial contracts, mm-hmm. that kind of thing.
0: And your wife Linda's here. She's our uh, sit-in studio audience here. So, and is uh, Lynn, your wife is from Canada originally, or yeah, same area right. um, in Alberta. Awesome, awesome. So uh, you're state president, and uh, you've been serving for five years. And is there a story to how you were called? Yeah,
1: um, I, I think this is really instructive, and I want—I just wanted to share that for a minute. Um, I don't know how many people have heard of how state presidents are called, but usually what happens is a general authority in an Area 70 show up for a state conference, and um, they interview everyone in the uh, state presidency, the high council, all the bishops, and then there's a few add-ons, and uh, for me, I wasn't in any of those positions at that time. Uh, I was just um, I was just having some fun being the stake um, family history coordinator, whatever they call it now. Oh, uh-huh. And uh, so I somehow I ended up on the list and um, had an interview with these brethren. It was really really fun to be able to just talk to them. It was scary as well, but um, we had our interview. Uh, I went home and I said, oh, I don't I don't think that we're going to get a call or anything. But we got a call and um, we weren't expecting it, and so we went back thinking that there was a it was kind of a second tier interview. And then they would have, you know, interview several of us second tier. But as soon as we as soon as we arrived there, um, they brought my wife into the state president's office. It was uh, Elder Echo Hawk, who is now a general Emer- general authority emeritus. Yeah. And uh, Elder Matthew Carpenter, who's now a general authority himself. And they they had a couple they asked him a couple questions. Asked her a couple of questions. Um, uh about me and about me serving as a state president and she said all the right things i guess because then they welcomed me into the room and issued the call but i think the thing that's really interesting is that uh, they said now uh, you need to you need to decide on some counselors so we're going to leave you two in this room we want you to pray together to decide who your counselor should be and uh so we did and, uh, you know, their, their instructions were, this woman, this uh, wonderful woman sitting beside you is your unnamed counselor. And she has a role to play in your being president. And there you need to counsel with her things that aren't, that aren't uh, confidential. You need to ask her opinion about things. You need to talk to her about, about things that you're deciding on as a presidency. And uh, this was the first thing that, that she was involved in is, is the selection of my counselors. So I thought that was a really good thing to point out that um, I don't know if that happens in every time the stake president is called, but certainly having her by my side uh, kneeling down together in that room um, was a wonderful experience.
0: Yeah. And uh, did that uh, revelation come pretty quick or? or- it came pretty quick. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Yeah, it was great. It was- and uh, how would you describe the, your stake in general as far as the layout and the, the type of People that live there and that sort of thing.
1: Yeah, our stake uh, covers kind of the eastern half of the city of Calgary and out to out west to some of the towns and places there. Um, other stakes in our in our area have multitudes of uh, of lawyers and doctors and dentists and, and whatnot. We don't have that. We don't have uh, that many uh, professionals. You know, just working people, humble. Uh, just great. Every time we had been asked to clean the temple, uh, the temple presidency kept saying, Oh man, the people in your area are just so wonderful. They just show up and they do the job. So, um, yeah, we've, we have a, quite a good variety of people there.
0: And how did you first get familiar with uh, Leading Saints? Uh,
1: very soon after you started your podcast, um, I just stumbled across it, um, and I was really truly amazed by the the quality of um, of leadership uh, ideas the the ability to be able to take some of those ideas and implement them um, for example one of the things that we have implemented in our stake is is um, teaching or spending some time with the with 12th graders um, teaching them about um, the church essay uh, the, sure. gospel essays, yeah, the gospel topic, the gospel topic, topic essays. And so we've been doing that. Uh, we feel like that maybe is a little too late. Maybe it's time to be able to, to bring the ninth graders and 10th and 11th graders in and just talk about that. Talk about those issues because um, I hear a lot from people who say they never told us that. I don't know who they is, but uh, yeah. they never told us that. And, and uh, we'd like to be able to say, well, you, you had your chance and we, we told you everything you need to know to be able to continue to work on your faith rather than be blindsided by things that you thought were not um, part of the gospel
0: yeah and how do you feel like that's been going for you i mean we'll just have to see yeah this time you're just starting or we did it uh, we did it for the last batch
1: of uh, graduates and so we're starting it we've started into this this season this school year and um you know we we believe that there is a there's a purpose for this. And, um, I think they, they truly are appreciative of the time we spend talking about these. It's a state presidency that does this. All of us work on it together.
0: And uh, I always like to get in the nitty gritty details as far as how you execute this. Is there, um, a a schedule in place? Is there a way you go about inviting or anything that stands out there?
1: Yeah, we, we put a schedule together and we do it uh, usually on a Sunday, uh, early Sunday afternoon, uh, every Every month or so, we uh, we talk about three of the gospel topic essays. Uh, there's a couple in the uh, church history essays as well that we will be talking about. And uh, we just have a stake presidency there, the stake uh, Young Women's President. Stake... You do it at a church? Or... We do it at a church uh-huh. um, just because it seems more central. Yeah. And uh, it's... Uh, it's easier you know, in, in COVID times, it's easier to do that than have to break rules and not and do it at somebody's home. So <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, but it's so far, it's been, it's been successful. We yeah. like that.
0: And then with the, the geography of your stake, how long would would it take you to drive across sort of the longest part?
1: I think from one end to the other, uh, from East to West, sorry, from right. West to East, it's probably an hour's drive. Oh, nice.
0: Nice. So what have you learned in the last few years? Um about leadership. I I assume you've had some other leadership responsibilities and callings, uh, but what are the main, uh, points that stand out if you go back in time and talk to yourself on day one that you would definitely stress? Yeah.
1: I like, I like the way that, um, we, we have been studying, uh, talk by President Spencer W. Kimball on Jesus, uh, the, uh, is it the greatest leader? The greatest leader. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, you got it. <laughs> and so we we spent some time looking through that as a stake presidency mm-hmm. and talking about it in the high council. We feel we feel that our job in the stake is to love everybody as stake presidency, uh, and secondly to um, to show them um, how you know through example and through uh, our ability to teach uh, how they can strengthen their relationship with the Savior Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. and so. Um, so for us uh, we we try to leave a lot of the administrative things to the stake uh, high council and to the stake organization presidents uh, we work really hard at um, just trying to to show people love and uh, that I think at the beginning uh, we were more focused on getting things done and getting things organized and everything else but now and while we're kind of hitting our stride in the middle yeah Um it's It's a lot more of just trying to build faith and uh, do it in a way that uh, people are receptive to that. and the members are ready to hear um, to hear our message because they they've heard messages from us before they love and they love those messages. And so, uh, that's how we do it.
0: Yeah. And is there any specific like uh, organized effort, or is it more of like just a vision statement, a sort of a, a posture that you try and get in as a state presidency, as far as like showing love or or encouraging faith? Because those can sometimes be nuanced terms.
1: Yeah. Uh, the North American Central area in which we are sitting uh, has a vision statement, and they also have uh, goals. They call them. We we've adapted those, and so we've adapted the same vision statement and then we have uh we have kind of tinkered with their goals and uh, they're mostly goals about bringing others into, into salvation and um and so we every time we send you know when we send our high council out to speak we just ask them to speak on one of those things um we don't give them a, an, an sign message or a or a conference talk to speak on we just ask them to speak on one of those things hmm. and um And so we are, the other thing that we do is we try to emphasize that in all award conferences, we make sure that uh, we're speaking on, on theme. And so we we feel it's really important not to get too fancy and uh, we just want to make sure that we're on message all the time.
0: Yeah. Is there any unique way that uh, approaches or uh, traditions you do with your stake council or your high council or the ways you use them or your clerks or anything like that?
1: Um, I haven't seen a lot of state presidencies work. And so I've just been in one state presidency before this one. And uh, But but I feel like um, there are some things that we do in our high council. Uh, we spend a lot of time uh, just discussing the gospel in our high council meetings. We, uh, we have someone teach from the handbook. Uh, in those meetings, we have someone give a gospel um, doctrine dissertation <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: like a short message like a five minute thing or is it more of a it's more than that oh and, yeah and
1: then we uh we talk about it and think about it and, and work together on it sometimes uh the presenter does a, a powerpoint you know spends lot that, oh, wow. that's what spends that much time putting together a powerpoint so that so that we can uh we can think about it and, and maybe even send it out so it can be thought about later and this is a high council
0: meeting, is high that council you said. meeting. yeah um and how is uh with the like how's that done specifically like do you always just like cover a page of the handbook and then move on to the, the message do you reach out to a high councilman and say we want you to bring whatever topic related to the theme and and you know lead us on in a discussion yeah
1: we find it, it works better when we ask the state the state high council members to uh to look through the handbook areas that pertain to their assignment oh, and okay. to go wow they changed this
0: uh-huh. <laughs> oh, they
1: changed that we better we better talk about that, and so they do, and I think it 's really instructive for us yeah, to hear all the things that have changed in the handbook over the past little while uh, pertaining to their responsibilities yeah,
0: anything else uh, a unique approaches you do just in like an administrative uh, uh,
1: approach um, one thing that i I just would like to share with you is that we have um, we were worried about how well our missionaries our young missionaries are being prepared to go on their missions. Mm. And so we, we thought about it, we prayed about it and we came up with a, an opportunity for us to show these, these young missionaries what it is we're expecting of them. Mm. And um, so, first of all, every year we have a, a evening, a, a evening of activities and, and discussion and teaching is called our, our boot camp for, for missionaries. So anybody thinking of going on a mission, uh, we sit with them and we uh, we have a, some workshops and stuff going on. And then um, we introduce to them what's called the missionary boot camp checklist, which is a checklist of things that um, that we took off the um, missionary preparation portal on the, the church website. Uh, just things that they can check off and tell us how much uh, they've done for those things. So for example, one of the things that we do is we ask them to, uh, to, to follow the the plan that, uh, elder Nelson came out with uh, the media fast or it's called. And so we asked them to do that again. And, uh, we also ask them to watch the, the videos that put, put out by the church on missionary work called the district. And so when they do that, then they check it off. And we, we ask them to, um, uh, to read the book of Mormon. Uh, we ask them to, uh, um, uh, introduce themselves to a stranger every day we ask them to uh, find some service to do for someone and there's there's a, quite a list and, and then they rate themselves on how well they've done on those things and then i uh, uplift that upload <laughs> upload that list to the documents that go with their missionary their missionary preparation their, their missionary application and, you know, I've had missionaries come in to me and, and we do an interview. We uh, ask, I ask all the questions I need to ask them and we talk about a missionary and we get, make sure that their, uh, their health and their dental records are ready to go. And then I say, Okay, hey, where's your mission? Where's your checklist? And they go, oh, uh, well, yeah, I didn't actually do it. So we spend <laughs> a few more weeks going through that checklist before we can see, we submit their when we submit their application I, I think that every single one of them that have have, have done that work yeah. and uh and prepared themselves that way have been really really um appreciative that they had at least had that under their belt before they uh, sent off on yeah. the mission
0: and it sounds like i was strongly encouraged for these young men to engage with this this checklist oh, yeah. to some extent before yeah. i, I tell
1: their bishops i'm not I'm not recommending them until they've worked on this checklist yeah
0: yeah. And what I like about the checklist is that uh it's very specific behaviors. Like it's uh, it's not like just these general, you know, read your scriptures and do this. It's more like, you know, go say hi to a stranger every day or, or whatever, right? And uh just sort of exercising those muscles that they're gonna be working every single day as as missionaries, right? You know,
1: and the church has that on their website and just we just presented it in a different way. Yeah.
0: So so is, would you say your checklist is sort of modified to what the church has a a little bit, or is it copied and pasted? we just added a few
1: things and, and, uh, put some, you know, put some boxes for them to check, check, and also, uh, added some more things that we think that they should be doing to be able to really do a good job as a missionary.
0: Yeah. And is this, you said it was in the the missionary portal. So is it not on the public facing website? Yes, it is. Oh, it is. Okay. Yeah. You have to send me a link and I'll post it in the show notes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That'd be awesome um and what sort of any other response or benefit you see come from that that effort Uh,
1: um there there have been several missionaries you can imagine how difficult it's been over the last couple of years for missionaries to stay focused and and enjoying their missions when they're sitting in their basement apartments trying to teach people over zoom and and those kind of things and i i think that that has fortified the missionaries that we've had out of the last couple of years gotten them in a position where they're ready to to do whatever it takes to be able to be, be good missionaries and and uh, and fulfill their missionary obligation in a, in a great way yeah so we've we've seen that we've seen much fewer uh difficulties with missionaries uh having come home early because of, of problems that that arise in uh, mental health and those kind of things yeah
0: that's awesome. Anything else related to that, uh, that boot camp or checklist that we haven't touched on or is that kind of sum it up?
1: Yeah. I, I guess I should say that I have no idea what the brethren do with this checklist when, when they see it in the application and when they're making their missionary assignments, but I, even if they ignore it completely, it's uh it's something that the missionaries need to do themselves and be, uh, you know, be feeling good about themselves. I can, I, you know, if I can do everything in this checklist, I can be a good missionary.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Um anything else that generally speaking, your approaches or things you've tried that have worked, haven't worked, or over the last five years that would be worth mentioning?
1: Uh just small things. And um, um I guess what what we love to do is um when we're when we're doing our hike or um our ward conferences, which you have to do a ward conference every year where the state presidency goes and, and speaks, uh state president speaks in second meeting along with the bishop and um and we then we meet with um with the other organizations, the other engage groups, I guess as you could say, is that we uh we spend some time again talking about our stake emphasis and our stake uh our stake vision and um but uh part of that in is really sweet opportunity for us to be able to go and visit some of the members that uh, uh Elders' Corn President or the, the Relief Society President have decided we should be going to see, and so we split up with um, with the Elders' Corn Presidency or the um, uh, well, most of the Elders' Corn Presidency, and we we go and we just visit with members in their homes, or if uh, if we can't do that because of uh, pandemic problems, then we we meet them at the church. But you know, we go in their home. We say um, we asked your elders quorum president to pray about who we should be seeing and uh, his name through diligent prayer uh, your name came up and so we're sitting in your living room because the lord wants us to be here can you think of why we should be sitting in your living room talking to you and they they usually know why it is and uh, then we have a wonderful conversation yeah and um, and it it just really feels every time we do those uh, i just feel like wow we should be
0: this is, this is where the Lord really wants us. Yeah. Any, uh, you know, technical apps or, you know, tools that you use, electronic tools or physical tools you use as in the administration with your counselors or presidency or any other groups?
1: Yeah. Um, I guess there's one I'd like to mention that is that we, uh, one of the members of the state presidency is, uh, is a tech guy, He's, oh, nice. uh, he wow. does a um, computer, Uh, programming software and that kind of thing. And um, he has uh, given us, uh, put together a software that allows us to be able to text people on a bulk basis. Mm -hmm. One of the biggest challenges we've had is being able to communicate with the members of our stake. Um, The church has an app that you can use to be able to email everybody in the stake. The problem is that some people have, uh, for one reason or other, have taken themselves off the list. And uh, we find that um, most of the youth that we're, if we try to contact the youth through that system, uh, most of them don't have an email address that's either um, that is uh, current or they never check their email. Yeah. And um, in terms of YSA, often the same kind of thing, they, their email gets just filled up with a whole bunch of stuff and whatever we send kind of gets dumped in with the rest of the stuff and half the time they never see it. Uh, so we what we did is we put together uh, what our this, my counselor did is put together a wonderful app that you can use to uh, send out text messages in bulk. And, um, and that's very helpful because it seems like text is the way that uh, everybody seems to be communicating with their members of their organizations in the church these days. And so yeah. it's easier to get those messages out. Yeah
0: and and so that's something he's programmed and it just magically works or
1: yeah yeah, magically
0: works nice it's really good that's cool um all right well let's uh, shift to a a more personal experience and story and there will be some leadership principles we can glean from that but uh in reference to a tragedy that your family went through where does that story begin
1: yeah when i was serving as a member of the state presidency um our daughter who was um when, when our daughter was 22 years old she had just gotten married and um she was pregnant with her first child uh, no she had her first child she was pregnant with her second child uh, she was um, diagnosed with uh, hodgkin's lymphoma oh wow and um that uh that was quite aggressive you know, she fought she fought a great battle against that and uh Finally, in um, early 2000, when she was just just barely 24 years old, she uh, passed away mm. and um, it was a really difficult time for our family. And it was, uh, as you can imagine, it was just dealt a terrible blow to to us. Um, we uh, there were there have been people that have come to us and said, you know, we we saw how this went and uh, we, we were just w- with you all the time. You know, it was, the whole story was on my my kids put the whole story on Facebook and other social media, and so there was, was a lot of people that were praying for us and and moving and thinking of us and, and uh, providing support. Um, about a year, sorry, about a month after she passed away, um, Elder Gary Stevenson, who was then the presiding bishop of the church. Uh, was he in Calgary for a leadership conference? Mm-hmm. He was there with, uh, I believe it was Elder Russell Nelson at the time, and also Elder Jeffrey R Holland. And um, what they do is they uh, they spend some time on Friday and Saturday teaching leadership of of uh, the area, and then uh, the brethren are assigned to have a special state conference on sunday and so we canceled our, all our we canceled all our meetings and we had the luck of the draw that we had elder gary and brother gary brother bishop stevenson come yeah. and visit with us um it was uh he you know my the state president at the time had uh, shared with uh, with brother or bishop stevenson the things that had gone on in our family. And, and uh i was scheduled to speak at that state conference and uh and i spoke and uh, i just remember as i went back to my seat he just put a great big arm around me and gave me a big hug and um, he said he wanted to speak with my family after the state conference session was over we went into the um the high council room and uh with my family and him and uh, he just talked to my son-in-law, who was also there, uh, who was just really having a hard time. He had served a mission in Japan, and, and Bishop Stevenson had also served a mission in Japan. So that gave him kind of a point of reference together. And anyway, he talked about how um, uh, how difficult it must be for him to have to deal with the uh, loss of a like, beloved spouse so early, having not really had not really being married for very long. And then he gave him a wonderful blessing. And um, after the blessing, he said, "You know, there's one thing that I just want to share with you." He said that when we go through the temple at the end of the endowment, before we can enter the celestial room, there's something we have to do one by one. It's very rare that a married couple get to do get to go into the celestial room at the very same time. Mm-hmm. and so there will be one of us that will go ahead of the other almost invariably and so he said that's just how that's just the order of heaven and uh you may have to wait for a while to be able to see each other to, again but um this is uh this is something that you just have to recognize and understand and um gave big hugs to all of us and then off he we went and, yeah i'm sure he had He just felt very strongly that he needed to spend that time with us. And I have found that of the um, visiting authorities we've had, the area authorities, um, general authorities, they've all just been wonderful people, every single one of them. I I just am so amazed at uh, how they walk the talk. Hold it. They walk the walk and they talk the talk in terms of being, trying to be like our savior. And, um, we've just had tremendously impactful experiences with every single one of those brethren who've come and, and been with us in our state for state conferences.
0: Yeah. And looking back on that experience, how, how long ago would that be now that since you lost your daughter?
1: So she passed away in 2014. And, uh, shortly after that, uh, Bishop Stevenson was called to be a member of the twelve.
0: Hmm. Wow. And, uh how does that inform your your role as a leader now like how does it help you lead to, with that that tragedy in in your in your past
1: um as a leader i find that uh, i need to spend much more time with people who lose their loved ones uh, there's i i i probably won't say the right things but at the same time i will have an opportunity just to be with them and I think that's that's really what has to happen, is that we need to be with the members of our of our stake when they have these tragedies, and even if there's nothing to say, just to be able to sit there and hold their hand or or uh, offer some words of encouragement and give them a blessing. And uh, I guess the other thing is that uh, we can sure surely do a lot. To be able to help people understand how how the savior would react in the same situation and we try to do that
0: yeah uh, any i've got one more question for you but any concept or point or principle that uh, we skipped over and or haven't mentioned yet do we, do we cover it all
1: i guess what i want to say about me being called as a state president was that there were many, many members of the church, many of the men in, uh, in our stake that could have done the same thing. Yeah. You know, I see myself as as just an ordinary guy who uh, was called by the Lord to be able to serve in this position that, um, you know, I, I look at myself and I, I think, you know, why would the Lord want to call me to be a state president? And I haven't really found that answer Except that now that I am, I've got to do my job, and um, and I I work really hard at trying to uh, be the kind of person that he would want to serve as a state president. I've seen lots of state presidents in my life, and uh, they they do they've done amazing things. Um, they can stand up and and quote scripture after scripture after scripture. They are wonderful, incredible administrators. They have wonderful ideas. And I, I just don't think I have, I do have any of those things working in my favor, but what I can do is I can listen to the spirit and if, if the spirits, if I'm ready to listen and to follow what the spirit's telling me, that's the kind of stake president he needs. And, uh, despite, and whatever, he'll work with me with, with, with whatever weaknesses or, or, uh, inabilities that I have, he will find a way to work around those and make me an effective leader.
0: Yeah. So the last question I have is, as you reflect on your time as a leader, especially these past five years uh, serving your stake, how has being a leader helped you become a better follower of Jesus Christ?
1: Being a leader has given me um, much more insight into how Jesus Christ worked with others to help, you know, when we're not a leader, we sometimes don't feel the responsibility for helping others. Um, come friends. unto Christ. But when, when you, you're given this opportunity as a leader, everybody in my stake is so precious to me and I really want to do everything that I can to help them come unto Christ. I can't lead them unto Christ until I have a strong relationship with our Savior. I try every stake conference, every every spe- every talk that I give, to talk about Jesus, about His parables, and those kind of things. And so I I really want to let them know that Jesus is my focus.
0: And that concludes this How I Lead interview. I hope you enjoyed it. And uh, I would ask you, could you take a minute and drop this link in an email, on social media, in a text, wherever it makes the most sense and share it with somebody who could relate to this, this experience. And this is how we how we develop as leaders, just hearing what the other guy's doing, trying some things out, testing, adjusting for your area. And, uh, that's, see if we can line them up. So again, go to leading slash contact. And there you can submit all the information and let us know. And maybe they will be on a future how I lead segment on the leading saints podcast. And remember to get additional leadership content through the core leaders library, click the donate button at leadingsaints.org or text the word lead to four seven four seven four seven.